Hey, everybody, welcome back to another episode of DadCast. I am your host, JP. Joining me as always, co host, Nick Martin. What is up, good sir? How much, man? How are you doing? Good. I, I didn't hear from you at all yesterday. What I think is the first time since we've been doing this thing that you haven't called me or texted me or, you know, something sent a pigeon. So I, I appreciate I feel like that. you miss me. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't miss you much. Trust me. Today on the podcast, we are joined by very special guest. You may know him from his days in the band, the legendary band, Grand Funk Railroad. But you know what? Today, what's most important is the fact that this man is a dad. Welcome to the show, Mr. Mark Farner. How are you, sir? You, JP and Nick, is good to be with you, boys. I'm fine as a frog hair and fit as a fiddle. All right. It yeah. sounds it, it's, it's almost as if you said that before. I might have heard it a couple of times. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mark. So the premise, of course, of this podcast, if you haven't uh, gathered as much it is we do our best to talk all things dad our journey your journey the 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 path that has led you to today and everything that comes along with being a a father now i must let you know right off the bat though that every single episode that we have done to this date we tend to go off the rails a little bit so if we end up going off the rails and talking a little bit about the life of mark farner uh just be prepared for that okay (laughs) so first question which is the rite of passage coming on to dadcast is are you a father and i know the answer to that of course but how many kids do you have i have five sons five sons oh man how old are they what are they ranging well the youngest one left us two years ago he's waiting for me in heaven that's jesse and uh joseph is the next one up and he's in Austin, Texas. He's got a food truck in Austin called 247. 24? Oh, PHO. Uh, yes, okay. That's that's genius. Right. Yeah, 247, Austin. And uh he does good. I mean, he was a chef at uh two restaurants down there at the same time, and it, he was going crazy, you know, restaurant business and stuff. And so uh, him and his new wife decided they're going to make it not so tough and and put something that is their own personal signature. And he's really got it together, man. He is building a big following. He's gone, you know, he's on the social media, too. Um, And Jason, my son, Jason, he is uh, 42 this year. Yeah, that's our generation. Yeah. That's right. And uh he's he's been a nanny. He's been uh, uh he lived in California for a number of years and then he came home and his friend said, Man, you would make a great nanny. You just love kids and they love you. Why don't you nanny our little girl? So he nannied their, their little girl, and their little girl is now five years old, and she's got a little brother that Jason is nannying, and those kids are great kids because uh my son Jason's putting a lot of love in him. And then there's uh, Adam. Adam is in Mobile, Alabama, uh, and with two of my uh, grandchildren down there. And uh, and he's a chef as well. He's got that cooking stuff going on. It's in the blood. Uh, and Joey, um, my oldest, he's in Detroit. Uh, he is 40 four this year and he's playing music. He's got uh, uh, a DVD out and um, John Ellison who wrote some kind of wonderful. He was uh, in town in Detroit. And I said, brother John, you want to go over to my kids uh, uh, CD release party? And he said, sure, man, you want to, I said, well, can we sing some kind of wonderful? And I want you to tell the story of how that song came about, you know, when we're up there. And so my son, Joey, myself, John Ellison, who wrote the song, we all like took a part. He, John would point and I'd take it. And then he'd point over to Joey. We had a ball with it. And, and we're all dads. Joey's a dad, you know, to my grandson, you got two grandsons from Joey. Um, and, uh, we, we love each other. The, we were miles apart, but we got that farner love. 
That's a awesome, real man. Deal. Yeah, that was going to be my next question: is how many grandkids you got running around? Six. Oh man, see, we're we're not quite there. Nick's closer to that point than I am. I <laughs> I got a late start, so uh, my kids are sixteen, ten, and a seven, almost eight. She'll be eight in a few weeks. So, I, thankfully, I think. We're yeah, not. Yeah. We're, we're a little bit farther away from being a grandpa, but you know, at my age now, being forty six years old, I'm. I welcome it. You know, if it at least give me four or five years, though, Chloe. Okay, you see, I'm talking yeah. to you, and uh, if <laughs> so, yeah, man, that's that's just an adventure, man. But sick, all those boys you got going. Wow, that that must have I think been tough when they were with young. all the boys. <laughs> well, you know, there's something to be said about being a dad to a to a baby girl, Nick. You know that there, there is it's something yes. extra special. But yeah. uh, man, having that, you almost got your own basketball team, man. <laughs> so how was that? You know, raising all those sons while I'm assuming in the midst of touring and you know doing all the music. Yeah, well, uh, Adam. The one who's in Mobile, his his mother is Donna Hall, who was the singer in Wet Willie. Uh, and Wet Willie opened for Grand Funk, uh, you know, back in the day. And uh, and Donna and I had Adam. Uh, and and it's, But she didn't know she was pregnant when we split. And uh, when I got the word that, you know, that she was pregnant, I was going, oh, my God, I can't you know, be irresponsible. I got to do something, you know, but, but I've already had uh, uh, proposed to Lisa and, and, you know, Lisa and I've been married 43 years. Um, and so at that time in my life, all I could do was say, well, I will, I'm not going anyplace. I will be what I can be from, from this place. And so they've come North. I've gone South. We, you know, we're, we're family. We love each other. When we went on vacation, uh, we took the boys and we went down to Mexico and Joe and uh, Adam and Jason and Jesse. And, you know, we we all hung together, got to know Adam some. And like with Joey, my boy in Detroit, they hadn't spent the hours that we'd spend together here. So in just a very few short hours, man, um, they are family and they are part of who I am. And I am proud uh, to love those kids and to give them love and to give them uh, support and uh, give them some direction in this not so uh, specific world that we're living in. All right. And that, that's not going to change, unfortunately. I don't think, oh, you know, as time progresses, new problems. Yeah. <laughs> Man, so. You have, I mean, Grand Funk's been around since what, 68, 67? 69. 69. All right, I was close. I was close. Yes, it was close, JP. I can imagine, you know, with the height, you know, the 70s, that was unfortunately, in my opinion, <clears throat> very disco. And uh, you went straight rock and roll. So some of the, who are some of the acts that, I mean, are no longer around these days that you guys got to tour with in the 70s? I mean, this is this is my generation. My, I've got older brothers and sisters, and you know, I grew up listening to my big brother's music, which was seventies rock and roll, eighties rock and roll. And I can, I since I have you here, I gotta ask, and and hopefully, I'm digging for some stories. Who okay. who have you toured with back in the day? That you know, anything that stands out, good stories. You know, we're talking early seventies here. Uh, yeah, Jethro Tull. You know that. He opened for us. Fleetwood Mac opened oh. for us, dude. Oh wow! Uh, you know um, Santana, they opened for us, but we only played with bands that that opened for us unless we were on a festival gig, and then we, you know, co-headlined with everybody, right? Um, and uh, you know, got to hang with Joplin and Hendrix, and and got you know, we I had relationship. We were we were very friendly. Uh, Janice and I weren't lovers, but we were just loved each other as friends and uh, had some good times together. You know, the, the one time we played a festival down in, in West Palm Beach and the Rolling Stones were supposed to close out the, the show and uh, they had a, a helicopter, a Huey, 
that was done up like a motorhome on the inside of all these nice plush cushions and pin spots and everything. And uh, Janice, uh, when we were ever on a bill together, if if we went on first, I would hang out and watch her show. And then if she went on first, she'd hang out and watch our show. And then her and I would always get together and drink some Ripple wine and some Southern Comfort and eat a, a bunch of Hershey bars, you know, because that's what she had in her purse. So she stayed and Grand Funk was going on and we were going to be the last act before the Rolling Stones. And so we get on the helicopter, go back and land on the beach uh, at this <laughs> hotel and everybody gets off. And it's, I mean, it's dark, but it's darker than the inside of a boot. And so the guys are out there with their little flashlight, the roadies, and they're taking everybody up and that helicopter sitting there. And I'm in the crowd and I'm, I'm trying to see, you know, where Janice is. I said, guys, where's Janice? Is she up there? No, she's not up here. And I said, well, give me one of those lights, man. I got to go back down there and see. So I take the flashlight and I go back to this helicopter and it's sitting there, you know, going around and I see her up inside and she's doing pushing on this cushion. And then she'd go to another cushion and she's pushing and she's kind of moving. And I'm thinking, what the hell is she doing? (laughs) And I, I get up on the rung of the chopper and I go, Hey, and, and she about jumped out of her skin. I scared her to death. She says, oh, my God, you scared the life out of me. And then I step up inside the chopper, and then I have the vantage point of seeing what the hell she's doing. And those chocolate bars in that Florida heat, they were just mush. And she was smashing chocolate into all the seats. <laughs> what? <laughs> she said, baby, what are you doing that for? She said, I want to mess up mixed bridges. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> oh, man. I, I, I have a feeling that that's yeah. not the first time that story has ever been told, but it's the first time right. I've ever heard it from the bull. So yeah. thank you for that, man. That is history right there. You're man, so that was pre-fatherhood, I'm assuming, right? Early 70s? Yes, Absolutely. <sighs> How did that work out in your life? You have a child. You're a huge rock and roll touring band. How did that, I mean, did that, did it change much? Was mom around to watch him? You guys got to tour? I mean, how was that? Yes, it changed everything because once you have a child, you no longer have that folly in your mind. Um, If you're following a natural trend and and I was definitely following the natural trend living in the tip of the mitt up here it's very rural there's you got to go a long way to see a city slicker i mean a long way and when we had jason it was the game changer it was like oh my god now I have to put away all the, you know, desires that I had as a young man to, to attain this and to have this and to have that four wheeler and to have that Harley Davidson and have all this stuff. Is it, uh, it all went, whew. what can I have that will make my child and my wife's life better. And that's what I started concentrating on. My my life changed and it was no longer about going out and getting high with the guys or, you know, having a few drinks or whatever. Uh, Yeah, that, that was all fine and good for them, but it stopped when I had um, our first son, when, when Lisa gave birth to, and I'll never forget her words to me as she's going through the labor pain and I stuck my head in to just kind of see if she was all right. She looked over at me. She said, you ever get me pregnant again, you son of a bitch? I'll kill you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, you can. I've been in that exact scenario before, and Nick has 377 yeah. times. He, uh, <laughs> we, uh, 
he's got to he's got to let that one slide. You know, that is yeah. that let him slide every single time. Wow. So yeah, yes. I mean that's that's the story. I mean, if you're a good dad and the proper dad that we like to uh, hope everyone out there is, we know there's plenty of very poor fathers out there. But right there, that just shows. You know that that. That switch was flipped. The button was pushed. It's time. You know, yep. shit is real. I'm a dad yes. now, and we need yes. to take care of everyone. That yes, is, man. Grant, man, I want more stories about that, but we'll, we'll, we'll search back later. Okay. I want more rock and roll stories. In, in particular, you know, the, the pre-fatherhood, early 70s, late 60s drug stories. There's got to be a good one, but we'll, we'll, we'll get that later, if, if you're willing. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> um so we of course we have to touch on your uh, what you do for veterans i'd love to hear about the foundation and of course uh the cd you got and dvd and everything that's going on and uh, what you're doing for that so we can let all of our viewers who are watching this and like and subscribe please um let know what mark farner is doing for veterans man tell us about that well i appreciate it um the the most recent um involvement with the veterans yeah, involves, uh, of course, this DVD that we just shot uh, that's been released April 6th. It's called Mark Farner's American Band from Chile with Love. And my wife, Lisa, and I give $3 from each sale to Veterans Support Foundation. And Veterans Support Foundation is made up of veterans, uh, when I first got involved with them, uh, it was back when we did the 25th uh, uh, anniversary of the the wall, the Vietnam Veterans Monument in Washington, D.C., and they took a vote among the Vietnam veterans, and my song was voted number one pick. Uh, what song would you want to hear at this celebration? They picked I'm Your Captain, so the Vietnam Veterans of America got a hold of my agent, and they asked me if I could come and just bring my uh, acoustic guitar and play this song. And I said, are you going to have lights and a PA and a stage? Oh, yeah, we're going to have all that. I said, I'll tell you what, I will bring my whole band. It won't cost you a penny. We would love to contribute this and let's make it a big deal. And so not only are American brothers and sisters, Vietnam veterans, but our Canadian brothers and sisters, Vietnam veterans were there and there wasn't a dry eye when we finally got to that place in the set and we got into I'm Your Captain Closer to Home. They sang it robustly with tears in their eyes. And I'm telling you, you could not avoid the emotional magnet that sucked you right to their heart. And, uh, I still just telling you about it. I'm getting goosebumps because it's that good brothers. Uh, and being involved, uh, giving $3 from each one of these DVDs. Uh, it may not seem like much, but we're talking about 1499. That's a deal in itself, man. You've got 16 performance tracks. You got two bonus videos. You got five tracks. Nobody's ever, you know, they've never been released like this before. So it's really a great deal just for 1499. And the fact that we're blessing our brothers and sisters and those people that are buying the DVD, they're helping us to bless these brothers and sisters. Thank you, thank you, thank you. God bless you all. Uh, the Veterans Support Foundation helps people, gets them off the street, puts them in housing, gets them in transitional housing, uh, job, they, uh, get them job training, job location, get their self-esteem back, brothers, and you know, get them part of being positive in our society which we need a lot of positive dads out there uh, to, to make things right. But the, these guys are it. They're headed in the, the right direction. Veterans Support Foundation, um, God bless them. We, we support them now and we'll continue to support them uh, because they do a great work. It's amazing. Where can everyone got, uh, go online or to purchase this DVD to help that cause? Markfarner.com. And you can download a free copy of the the video 
Rock and Roll Soul, which is taken from the DVD from Chile with Love. It is a live performance, but it is put to an Americana groove with a Camaro in there that I drooled all over. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, it's something to behold. That's amazing. Now, as far as Grand Funk Railroad in the band itself, are you it, it and I, I feel like I should have already known this in doing my research, so forgive me. Uh, but is the core of the band, I mean, are, is it all original members still, or have you switched through members over the years? The, the other two original members, Don and Mel, mm-hmm. go out and they, uh, they call the band that they go out with, which is a tribute band because it doesn't have me in it, but they call it Grand Funk Railroad. And I go out and I call my band Mark Farner's American Band because when I tried to go out for the last 22 years as Mark Farner of Grand Funk Railroad, I always was being sued. I was, oh my Oh, it's one of those scenarios. Okay. Yeah, so uh, one night, the drummer came to me after a gig we did at Canocti Harbor out in California. And he says, Mark, uh, the three of us need to sign the individual ownership of the trademark into the corporation where it'll have a protective umbrella, blah, 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 blah. I didn't finish high school and he had gone to law school. I thought he was looking out for us, dude. I didn't know what was, I was being set up. So I thought, well, yeah, that sounds reasonable. He says, okay, I'll go to my room and get the papers. I'm thinking, why the hell didn't he just bring the papers with him? So when he got back there, I signed him. No, I thought he it was what he told me it was. But what it was was uh, they fired me as far as an, being an officer in the corporation. I found this out over a phone call, and I'm going, what, what? Uh, and they just hijacked the name, and they go out. And two out of three, yeah, I wrote 92% of the music. Uh, but that doesn't count when you're you, when you're putting a phony thing out there. Right. Nobody, you know. Uh, so all they can be is a tribute band, due to the fact that the the guy who wrote and sang ninety two percent of the music um, is still trying to get back in the band, so that they don't have to lie. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know? uh, but hey, every time I've brought it up, it's been shot down, just like everything else. Um, there's a, they call it professional jealousy in the industry. <laughs> professional. <laughs> Is that great or what? I didn't know jealousy could be professional. That's a weird yeah, statement. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, yeesh. You know, I, 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 again, I should have done my research. Now I kind of feel bad bringing it up, man. But uh, no, that was good, JP. Hard. I like the way it happened because, uh, you know, you didn't have any preconceived notions or ideas. Right. Uh, well, as far good. as I'm concerned, you are Grand Funk, you know, period. Oh, I mean, I mean, that's if anyone wants to argue that point with me, I'd love to hear it. Comment below. I mean, it's <laughs> there's the voice, the man, the re- period, dude, yeah. settled. I'm the judge. Bam. We've just knocked on wood. Yeah. Nick, how you doing over there, buddy? You're uh, off the quiet today. I'm, I'm good. I'm just, I love hearing these stories. I know. It's so good. It's, it's so awesome. Like I did some shows with Lita Ford and uh, Kip Winger, and it was so cool to sit with them and listen to stuff from the olden days, like what they did olden back in the days. 70s. Old, <laughs> my bad. <laughs> back in the day, back in the, the 70s and 80s, like they're just their stories, who they partied with their concerts and stuff. And it's just, it's fascinating. Like it's, it's, it's awesome. So it's really cool to hear what you've done. Thank you, Nick. Yeah. Back in those days, brother, it was the, you could own 7 AM, 7 FM, seven television stations. So it was the seven, seven, seven rule, uh, the FCC rule. And it was put in place, you know, way back uh, to prevent any monopoly. And so under the Clintonistas, they drop this, <laughs> they deregulate the FCC, and you can own as many stations as you can afford. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't so, I know that? I, I work in radio for the last 20 years of my life. And I hear you. I, so uh, you understand, you understand, yeah. JP. Yeah, but the, but the audience may not understand 
that in 1996, that was when uh, the conscience that used to preside over what our children saw and listened to on the radio and television, that mother and father, grandma, grandpa conscience, that patriotic family conscience was replaced by assholes. <laughs> Quote them. <laughs> that's, that's definitely yeah. a great way to put it. That, that's definitely when things started going south. Like you started that's seeing a lot it, of no terrible stuff. That's, well, it, that's, yeah. And if you want to look at that from the side of, you know, a radio guy, granted, I, I was not working in radio then. It's just a couple years later is when I got into it, but I've been around it. I mean, I grew up in SoCal and the radio business and all these stations. And I've, you know, I just, I've always had my, my hands in the radio world and you can almost pinpoint 1996 was when the glory days or the, the end of the glory days of radio ended done and, and seventies and eighties were like, that was the time to be in radio. I mean, that's when. I mean, people were doing blow off the off the records in the studio, or drinking and smoking, and there was just you shouldn't have been doing that for the record, but it was happening, man. That was when the good days of radio, and then automation kicked in, and computers, and of course all this FCC crap, and yeah, it's it's just a whole different animal these days. And now, I mean, come on, with streaming and the world the way it is, it's uh, definitely different, different beast, and and I. I I can only imagine what it's like for musicians. You know, that is anyone can be a musician now behind a computer. I mean, you're not going to be a good one necessarily, but you know, what happened to, you know, a guy playing a guitar, a guy sitting behind that kit, a guy slapping the bass and a dude singing. There's so, I miss it, man. I, I miss the band. I miss the band. They're still out there, but it's not like it used to be, man. And it sucks. Yeah, I heard that a hundred percent. And the, the like you say, anybody, um, you don't even have to be able to sing with this vo- uh, pitch correction <laughs> right? that they got now. But I just uh, was down in Nashville writing music with Mark Slaughter. Okay. You know who Mark Slaughter yeah, is? Yes, yes, I do. And we came up with one. It's called Anymore. So when you hear it, Man, I think you're going to love it. You guys, it's about the love and it's about the band and it's about getting together and it's about the story that we've been talking about and uh, how so many uh, bands, you know, the young guys get taken advantage of. Because, I mean, I was 20 when I started. My mother had to sign a contract for me, dude. (laughs) I wasn't old enough. So, you know, to be taken advantage of at that point, we didn't know. We really didn't know and didn't find out until, you know, three years later that Terry Knight kept that million and a half dollars that the band made in Europe. <laughs> he kept it for himself. He said he was going to put it in a Swiss bank account in the most stable world currency, which at the time was Deutschmarks. We didn't see one penny of that. And he went, what money? What money are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. The money that supported your family, you prick. Oh, did I just say that out loud? Yeah, absolutely. But a lot of bands got taken advantage of like that. But back in those days, we had the people uh, influenced the music that they listened to. They were a part of the the jocks. um, You know, what his, his total sum was, was how much... He could get the the people conversing back and forth with them, uh, talking about local things, talking about yeah. things. And and this made good radio. It made good community. And that's what's missing, brothers, is the community that we had. The music, the rock music, hey, it is. It's in the face of the man. If it's done right, it is telling the story on the liar, on the one who's p- propping all this shit up in front of us. But now that it's been taken over, uh, you don't hear for what it's worth or for dead in Ohio. You know, you just don't hear these songs on your radio station because they don't want you 
and they, they, who they are, trace that money trail to the top. Right. And Just, you ain't kidding, man. I, I'm a, let me give you a little bit of, it's amazing you just said that. So I do not work for this company anymore, but most recently my corporation job, I was the program director for a classic rock station. And of course they were owned by bigger people, et cetera, et cetera. So it really didn't fall down to here, but there's so many times as my job, I was hired to be a program director. I mean, I chose the music when it played, how it played, how often it played, et cetera, et cetera. That was at least the job that was described to me going into this gig. And it worked out well for a while until that one day came where I thought, you know what? Why is this particular track not being played by this particular band? It's, it's amazing. It's good. Everyone knows it. Why, why are we playing it? So I throw it in there and then inevitably it came back to me. Uh, a management said, why is this particular song being played? And I says, question is is why isn't it being played and uh, that's when the whole friction came about and i was told i could have no more than 600 songs being played at any given time in our entire set list and i said 600 600 you know there's thousands and thousands of songs that deserve to be heard and this is classic rock there's i mean come on yeah yeah dude. there's so much and even you guys in grand funk there is probably Oh, gosh, 10, 15 tracks easily that can, could and should be played on rotation on any classic rock station anywhere in the United States right now as I speak this. But what is there? One, maybe two. And, 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 and it blows my mind because these rules that were set by, you know, corporations and people who've done the research and, and it's, it's like, I get where you're coming from, man, but I'm not only a program director. I'm also the guy in the car listening to the music. I'm the guy at home in his garage, drinking a beer with his buddies with the music on in the background who stops when that one song comes on and goes, oh, I haven't heard that in forever. And you get the heebie jeebies on your arms and you just go Amen. and And because of that, because of that constant friction, I, I, well, to be honest, I was fired, but I was on my way out anyway. I was, yes. I was, I was the previous two years. I was, you know, thinking, how do I get out? How, but you know, I still need to work. got to support my family. How do I get out of this scenario? And thankfully, you know, it was a blessing in disguise. I was pushed out and I started my own goddamn radio station and yeah. now I'm the boss <clears throat> and no one tells me what to do. And guess what? <clears throat> I got 2000 songs on that playlist right now. It only gets bigger. That's so <laughs> yeah, and you know, sorry for the long-winded story, but you know, you you you, you triggered me, man, and and that's a little glimpse into what is still going on right now in all terrestrial radio across the United States, man. That's why I like, you know, it, they're that's why they're afraid of streaming. You know, your Pandora's, your Spotify's, people they pick this thing up and uh, they can whatever they want on demand. Yeah, so right it's on. they're well, scared I, about I, that. Applaud you for for bringing that up and for following through because people can hear it, but without the someone who's lived it, such as you, JP, uh, given it from your heart, you definitely have the emphasis and people are getting it the big picture that way. God bless you, buddy. Thank you. Yeah. It's not easy. And I'm, if you can not tell, I'm kind of passionate sometimes. So that it's, it, it can be my, it's get, it's been definitely my undoing, Many times, but it's also been, it's been also the, you know, the springboard to great things, which this, for example, this project that uh, Nick and I got going on DadCast, it started out, man, as just two guys who want to talk with their buddies around town. And it has snowballed into now we're talking with Mark freaking Farner of Grand Funk Railroad. We're talking to Randy Couture. We're talking to NBA champions. We're talking to MMA fighters. We're talking to, I mean, it's just, it's amazing how it's progressed and it's I'm so thankful, man, because we can get that word out that, you know, wherever you are, if you're a musician, if you're an athlete, if you're a movie star, whatever the case may be, and you're a dad, you're just like all of us. You yep. just have a really cool job. Exactly. <laughs> the coolest. Yeah, right. So you guys are touring. You said you're leaving for Ohio when? Tomorrow? We're leaving Friday. Yep. What's uh it, what, so you got you guys got a show? The the Mark Farner? Yeah. Yes, we got a show. Uh, Mark Farner's American Band. Is this and the first show in a long, long, long time? Yes, yes. 
Yeah. And we are, man, we are so geeked. I can't even. I'm geeked for you. I miss live music so much. I have yet. I have not been to a concert in over a year, an actually full-fledged real life, go out and see somebody play a real guitar in front of me in 18 months. It's yeah, terrible. That's a dry spell right there. Yeah, yeah. and how? But you got the musicians, though. I mean, the fans, sure. You know that it sucks for us, but this is what you do. This is your livelihood. It's what you have done your entire life. Uh, That's right. The fact that you haven't been able to do that for so long is just how? How was that? How did you? How do you get through? How did you spend your time in the pandemic as a musician? Well, we have been doing some of the Zoom stuff, like what we're doing now, but. The first thing I did was for rock and roll fantasy camp, David Fishoff, uh, he called me up and I, I did the first rock and roll fantasy camp with him because uh, I encouraged him. He's, he's got a heart for rock and roll. He's a very enthusiastic guy. He, he promoted a lot of the Ringo tours and, you know, he's been involved in, in music for his whole life. And when he asked me about, I said, man, are you kidding me? That would be so cool. And, and he called me and said, will you do my first podcast rock and roll fantasy camp? And I said, talk to my agent, but hell yes, let's, <laughs> let's do this. It sold out. There was 350 people on it, but here's, here's my problem as an artist. I'm playing, I'm singing, I'm sweating. I get done with my song. I can't hear shit crickets. There's nobody clapping. <laughs> they didn't get that part together. I'm going, wow, <laughs> this is really different. <laughs> Go ahead. Canned laughter. Canned applause. Oh, we got it. <laughs> there, you, there you go. You want? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so, uh, I felt like Mark. I didn't need to use any of that with you though, but. I thought that was I thought that was Nick at first. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, Nick? Hey, so what would the possibility be of getting you to do an acoustic song for us? Oh, oh, oh my God! <laughs> well, I'd have to have I'd go have to go grab a guitar. I don't have any acoustics in this room here, oh, and this room bummer. is kept at sixty eight degrees, so. Uh, it would take some doing, you know, to get it ready. Okay, uh, okay. I'm going to up the ante. Forget acoustic. It, it, since he <laughs> asked, and no's okay, by the way. It, it, yeah. it, what are the odds of playing anything that's back there? Uh, it's it's not a possibility today, boys. They, Fair enough. The guy, the guy that just lit this place, Yeah. Uh, he just left an, an hour ago uh, finishing up, and we had all this shit torn apart, and he put uh, wires every place. And he's from fantasy lighting and fantasy lighting, Stefan Graf, the guy who owns fantasy. Uh, we asked him about, you know, lighting this behind me because we just had like, you know, you turn the basement lights on, there it is. <laughs> and, uh, and he said, well, I got some ideas in this. So he sent uh, one of his guys from Detroit up here. And that guy just, just left an hour ago, but he, we had it, this whole thing tore apart and, and we've got, uh, we've got it set up so I can do these, uh, so podcast deals or, uh, we got it lit so I can hit other buttons and we can do the band back here, the acoustic oh, wow. band. So it's not out of the question in the future that we could do that. Are we, we the first, podcast? are we the first podcast that has the debut of the lighting behind you? Yes, as a matter of fact. Now, now, isn't that crazy? Because what's the first thing I said when you popped on? I said how amazing that background looked. So, I mean, right? That's what I said. So, you, you guys. Top 10, dude. You said top 10. I, I'm listening. Right? Your guys, you, they did a bang-up job, man. So, they got to. They killed it. Thank you. I'll, I will pass that on. <laughs> you don't even want to see what's behind me. This isn't real. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sure you assumed. Virtual thing? Yeah, totally. How about Nick? You, what was that? How about Nick? Is he virtual? Oh, he's real. No, no, this is all real. All yeah, right. So I own a concert production company on the side. So I've got a bunch of friends and touring bands and a bunch of signed stuff and pictures. And Awesome. Mark, I can yeah. take you downstairs to, to, to my beach house if you want. 
Oh. Nice, nice. I like that. <laughs> I like how you didn't even have to move, JP. That was fantastic. I know it's crazy. You know, or we could go to my Manhattan apartment. Boom, there you go. It's cool. <laughs> Uh, but, it, it, okay, you know, I'm going to give the world the reality here just for a split second, Nick. I'm going to let Mark in on the secret. Are you ready? Oh. Okay, back to that. Yeah, so that, that was what it really looks like behind me. Man. Well, green is my favorite color, so, you know, you done me right on that one. <laughs> what did, so, I mean, how many more uh, shows do you got lined up? Sorry, right, from Ohio. I mean, this is exciting. I'm assuming people are chomping at the bit and, and the booking scene is pretty easy for it to come by these days. Well, it's starting to pick up besides the one this weekend, the following weekend, we are in St. Augustine, Florida with Blue Oyster Co. BOC. Yeah, BOC. And we are doing like three dates down there with those guys. And then we, uh, we've we got some up the East Coast. It's all at markfarner.com for anybody uh, interested in finding out where we're at. Maybe you could slide out and catch a gig. Yeah. If I was in Florida, I'd be, I was there a month ago, which if I was still there, we'd absolutely go. I, 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 yeah. You know, I, I'm willing to go see a guy play a triangle on a stage at this point. It's how bad right. I need some live music. <laughs> It's. <laughs> I prefer. We need, we need to move to a better area where they're actually going to open stuff up and let people do concerts. Man, this is terrible here. Well, we're yeah. getting there, yeah. Nick. We're, we're, we're in. Close, we're but. in the uh, democratic hell that is Oregon. Although we live in the very south of Oregon, but it's dominated by. Okay, we're not going to get all political here, but it is. Everyone else is opening up. Right. But we're not, and we are one of the states that has the least amount of infection rate, et cetera, et cetera. So it's just it's baffling what is happening around here. Well, you know it's not baffling, JP. You know what the hell's going on. Oh it's yeah, bullshit. it is, and that's why it's friggin' baffling, <laughs> right? We know exactly what it is. Yeah, bullshit, bullshit, <laughs> bullshit. And <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, I'm I'm past it. I'm, I'm over it. I, I've had enough of it in my life. I've had enough for two lifetimes. Yeah. Yeah. Back to the kids. Back to the that, kids. That's, that's a, a, a much healthier subject and also stays along the, the, the theme that is dad cast is, uh, so you got your kids in your forties, grandkids. Have you ever taken back in the day when the kids were, you know, in their formidable years, your children, you know, five to 10, 15 years old, did they ever tour with you? Did they ever go on stage or? Jason was on the road with me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Some of the road crew was not good for him. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> My son, Adam has been out on the road uh, and Joey. Uh, and Joe, uh, my other son in, uh, in Dallas, or um, Austin, not Dallas. Uh, but they they were just kids out there and really didn't pay much attention to, oh, that's, that's my dad. Yeah, that's what he does. But I'm over here playing marbles, <laughs> you know. <laughs> right. Just doing what kids do. Uh, and, and I, you know, I'm just thank God I, that I could take them on the road and, uh, give them that experience. Because as you know, the, the more culturally exposed we can become, the more educated, uh, it, we end up. Good stuff, man. So I, I'm just looking at this, uh, this email that your agent has sent. I want to make sure that I'm covering everything. We've got the uh, the whole live from Chile with love. Oh, man, I wish I was there for that show. I'd love to see that Camaro. Yeah. Oh, man, you would have drooled on it, too. How do you feel about <laughs> Okay, I, I got to ask you this. Actually, two questions. This one's important. We're getting we got about five, ten more minutes here with you, Mark. Um, are you busy a week or two before Father's Day? And the, the catch to that question is, is I am personally inviting, I have this great idea in my head. I'm inviting everyone we've done um, a podcast with over the past, you know, 
four or five months back for a very, very short, we're talking 10, 15, 20 minutes tops, Zoom meeting like this, but there's going to be like 35 squares on the screen and it's uh-huh. going to bring back all the guests for a Father's Day special where we're all together. We're wishing everyone a happy Father's Day and the world a happy Father's Day. And if that is something you're interested in, we would love to have you on for just a few minutes. Of course, if you can fit it into your schedule in a day that we can work out. So that's question one. Is that feasible yeah. in your head? Yes, Along yes, with yes. question one, I'll, I'll throw out the date. Oh, June 6th. You got a date? 11 I've got a date. June 6th, 11 a.m. 11 a.m. Well, we'll send it out to your agent. We'll go from there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Now, question two, completely unrelated. How do you feel about electric vehicles? Electric vehicles. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, they, they would be fine if everybody had one, right? And and no one had the internal combustion engine, like what. I'm used to, you're used to. Right. It'd be nice if we all just, that was it. But when once you've been spoiled to the roar of a 446 pack, <laughs> jumping alive under the hood of a duster that came with a 340. Right. <laughs> and you had three eighths logging chain down to the frame to keep that baby from rocking up and taking the hood out, you know, if there's a there's something to do with that noise, brother. Yeah, that's the and, only thing. It's the noise you're missing. Yes, and that that the vibration of that motor and everything just just it, you're you're caught up in the torque flux. I am a torque aholic. I it, so am I, man. I am. I've always been an American Muscle guy, and I never played favorites. If you got a Camaro, a Mustang, a freaking a Challenger, whatever it may be, and that thing hauled ass and rumbled you down the street, I was in. I am a fan. But unfortunately, a friend of mine, and no, it's not unfortunate, a friend of mine, two two years ago or so, he put me in uh, the seat of a Tesla and let me drive that thing. And I'll tell you what, man, I've never experienced torque like I have in one of those cars. Instant, fast, ridiculous, and it doesn't stop. It's just rocket goes. And uh, so now I'm conflicted because I'm a big fan of both. And I don't know what to think. You know, it's like, am I a traitor to to America because I'm going electric because Tesla is American, you know, or am I just am I am I am I I just going along with the future? It's not. I think you can be have that uh, your toe in the future like that. It's it's uh, I think it's it's good for us to, you know, especially somebody who loves that torque the way you do, brother. Uh-huh. The, way, the way I saw your eyes go when you said it, you really got a good. You next to you, you have <laughs> if you know anyone or you got a friend in the area you know heck if you if you're bored one day and you're like i don't want to play any music today and instead of watching this show i get yourself to the local tesla dealership and have them sit i am not it is it is so crazy it is absolutely <laughs> balls how incredibly it's just it's unfathomable i can't even explain it it, it is so crazy it is is just it's yeah, faster like than any car, car there is out there, and it's quiet. It's just really weird. I like it. I like it. You got to <laughs> give it a try. And when you do, remember JP told you so. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, so one more time. I just want to recap in case anyone missed it earlier. Um, your uh, Live in Chile, the DVD, uh, the veterans, it benefits. Uh, we're going to recap. They go to markfarner.com. They buy the DVD, and you're going to donate $3 to... Veterans Support Foundation. Yes, and uh, and and very. That's I can't think of. I mean, cancer is a pretty good one, but uh, what's well, not a good one? Let me finish the thought before anyone thinks. What the hell is he talking about? Yeah, nonprofits and and charities and and things to donate to. I, I cannot think of aside from can, curing cancer a better one than it is to take care of our veterans. Man, and it, it's God bless you. Thank you for saying that. It is. It is. It's something we pride ourselves on doing, and uh, we're glad to have you on to share that message and to share, and hopefully uh, this appearance on DadCast will help further that for you and, of course, the, the veterans that you support. We uh, that's, yeah. that's what we're trying to do. And to all right the dads on. out there 
who are, uh, you know, you can be a rock and roll star and still be a kick-ass dad. You could be a movie star and still be a kick-ass dad. You could be an athlete. You can be a kick-ass dad. You can be a fat guy sitting in his garage right now and be a (laughs) kick-ass dad. And uh, we appreciate it. So Mark Farner, you've been amazing. We appreciate the time and uh, taking uh, that, that time out of your day to come on the show, man. It's been amazing. Um, you'll notice I skipped over the early, late sixties, early seventies drug stories. I decided probably not the best idea to talk about that on Dadcast. We'll just know that I'm sure there are stories. Yeah. We might have to start another podcast for that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Maybe that dad's day. No. (laughs) (laughs) If we have you on man, all, you know, there's no, no holds barred, man. We could tell that story that day. I'm sure there'll be uh, someone in that group that's going to, I mean, I'm sure the pop-off brothers have had, has some incredible stories to go along with that. Yes. Yeah. Probably. You know how one triggers the other and you know, they just, (laughs) right. And I'm just going to sit back and enjoy. Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) But that is it. Mark, you've been an amazing guest. Thank you once again for coming on Dadcast. I wish you, uh, you're very welcome. I wish you obviously, a very, very successful quick tour. I know it's been forever, so I'm so happy for you to get you to go out and do your thing. And everyone in Ohio, even though by the time this episode is already aired, he would have already played and left. I hope you enjoyed the show. And uh, you've been amazing, man. Have a great Thanks. rest of your day. Thanks, man. It's been awesome. Right. I'll pick you up on that. JP and Nick, God bless you. God bless your endeavor. All the dads that are watching, God bless you all. If I don't see you in the future, I'll see you in the pasture. Yeah, there you have it. Quote him. Mr. Mark Farner, everyone, thank you for hanging out and watching DadCast. Nick, you're awesome. We'll see you soon. And to everyone else watching, please like, subscribe, and we will see you next week. Have a great rest of your day.